Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan, and as always, Ben is beside me, 800 miles away, <laughs> and we've had to employ some SpaceX employees, which have increased the audio waves, so now we're only a day late, but we're getting better. <laughs> NASA's our next step. But we'll see. But that's also government funded. So who knows? It'll be um, a, about a six months worth of bureaucracy to get through on that. Right. <laughs> right. Even a day late, we still sound better than last week. <laughs> yeah, last week, was, last week was a little rusty. So, <laughs> Ben, how you doing, big guy? <laughs> oh, not too bad. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Good to be back as always. It is. Uh, glad to be back two weeks in a row. Granted late, but two weeks in a row. New better late than never. Nostalgia. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, this is episode 59 this month in music history for February. Fe- February. February. One of the weirdest months ever. I think you just struggle with it. February. <laughs> no, I purposely. Oh. You know how I purposely. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> one of our favorite show topics ever. <laughs> This month in history for February. Ben, why don't you just kick us off? Let's get straight into the mitty gritty nitty dirtiness of this. Straight into the content. Fantastic. All right. February 1st, <laughs> 1949. RCA Victor introduces the 45 RPM record. And it's never been the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I didn't have any. I was hoping you had some on that because I don't really have anything. No, nope. you know, nope. other so, uh, other than my radio, my stereo is an RCA Victor. That's about it. Right. Yeah. It's uh. So the uh, RCA Victor. So those are the guys who are responsible for making you you know get up and go change records after every single song. Right, and had to um get a special record player that can play at forty five speeds with that adapter in the middle. Right. <laughs> so really they just make it more of a hassle than anything right it wasn't about the records it was all just a ploy to to force people into buying those little plastic discs yeah as well as buying more records too where it's like <laughs> oh hey the whole album's not out yet it's just one song or two songs excuse me <laughs> you want the whole album you'll have to buy 1045 sorry <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> 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 oh, that's fantastic. Since when did we turn cynical on this podcast? Um, I think pretty sure it's always been there a little bit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, talk about the guy that always ends the show with a death. I know. I know. I always get that. <laughs> I need to like look forward in the show and yeah. you know, kind of time like it up really, a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, really chop that out. Um, February 2nd of 1993, Willie Nelson and the IRS settled their longstanding tax feud. The U.S. government kept kept $3.6 million in assets it had already seized from Nelson, and Nelson had to pay an extra $5.4 million of the $13.1 million total balance. It's always crazy to me to think that these people, um, you know, like these stars that are made of money, just made of money, walk around <laughs> on gold, and they always have trouble with taxes. Like, I know that TurboTax wasn't necessarily a thing back then, <laughs> but you can afford to have your taxes done correctly. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there are, I'm sure there's special, there's special finance and banks out there that deal with people that have millions and millions of dollars. And it's crazy to me that they have these problems. Well, you know, I, I'm sure that is a lot of the case. It's just gross negligence and the fact that they don't worry about it because they've got enough money to bail themselves out of whatever situation they have. 
Oh, that's true. But in this... What a life. What? Oh, yeah. No kidding. But Willie Nelson specifically, I feel like a lot of this is more of uh, just hard-headedness and spite. It's more of like, hey, this is my money. Don't take it kind of thing. Right. <laughs> screw, screw the man. Right. Exactly. And I feel like being Willie Nelson, that's, mm, that's probably more of what's going on here. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just going off of, you know, who it is. Right, I'm um, with you. February 3rd, 1959, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, and Buddy Holly are killed in an Iowa plane crash. Man. Seems like there's, we've talked about it before too, there is a disproportionate amount of musicians who have been killed in plane crashes. Right, I mean, look at look at the, the amount of musicians in plane crashes, and then the amount of planes daily. Right. That's it's kind of crazy to me where it's like usually planes are regarded as one of the safest ways to travel. It is. Um and it I don't know, maybe it's so it, that number is kind of skewed a little bit um when you think of artists who crashed their own plane. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Uh, John Denver comes to mind right off the bat. Yep. Um you know that's that's obviously not a a broad um, scope of all of the plane crashes that have killed uh, music artists, but I'm I mean there is a certain percentage that can be chalked up to that, um, right? Just like an actual accident from a hobby. Exactly. I mean, it's you could you could be a amateur chainsaw carver and accidentally kill yourself with a chainsaw. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not really sure why that was my first example that came up, but <laughs> Ben's Ben's true aspirations in life. It's <laughs> kind of an odd thing to just have off the top of my head, but I guess I know. I guess that, it kind of worked. It was super. It was super smooth, <laughs> just straight off the cuff. <laughs> but you can't forget about those ice sculptures either. Sculptures. Oh, there you go. Yep. 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 <laughs> Same problem. Accidentally, accidentally frozen within his own ice sculpture. <laughs> yeah. I think what if the judges like didn't notice and they won first prize because it was so realistic yeah right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that'll be the day February 4th of 1948 Alice Cooper is born Uh, and he didn't have to go to school because (laughs) school was always out no Um, is it uh, I'm not a huge Alice Cooper guy but it I also I feel like most of my experience with Alice Cooper is uh, from Wayne's World. Oh, okay. <laughs> not gonna yeah. lie, um, not not <laughs> a huge fan. So I haven't, <laughs> you know, like I don't listen all the time. Well, basically at all, I don't listen at all. And so that's really my only experience <laughs> with Alice Cooper is what little you see him in uh, Wayne's World. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you're honest with it. Yeah, I only hear him. You know, once in a few months on the radio. Right. And even then, most of the time I change it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Not putting down his success or anything like that is just not not what I'm into. Right. Uh, February 6, 1962, Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses is born William Bruce Rose Jr. Not quite as intimidating Axel. as Axel. <laughs> I know, right? I'm about to say, like, Axel fits the bill a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't expect uh, someone like Axl Rose to uh, introduce himself. They're like, I'm William Bruce Rose Jr. with his uh, pinky out drinking tea. 
Right. <laughs> Plaid suit and, and matching tie. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, with an, you know, the, the whole like, uh, like a, uh, a velvet robe and an ascot, you know. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh gosh. Um, February seventh of nineteen sixty four. This is a huge, huge time in music history. The Beatles land at Kennedy Airport and set foot on American soil for the first time. So this is when that very iconic image of. Um, you know, Paul, Ringo, John, and George out there just off of the plane on the steps waving to everybody. Um, and I believe they came over and either that night or the next night they were on the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know, uh, the timing on this, but yeah, you're right there. I think there's actually, in addition to pictures, there's, uh, film footage of them leaving the plane for the first time as oh, well. Okay. Yeah. 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 I could be wrong. Found footage, you know, recently right. leaked. <laughs> yeah, very recently. <laughs> it's in black and white, but it's brand new. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> HD, Blu-ray. <laughs> 4K, black and white. <laughs> right. And if you order now, but wait, there's more. If you order now, we'll send you a free 3D copy with the <laughs> glasses not included. <laughs> we are already off the rails. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> February 8th, 1960. This is, I did do a little bit back, a bit, bit of background. <clears throat> wow. A little bit of background <laughs> research what? on this one. Uh, cause it was kind of interesting. Not really something I knew anything about. Uh, February 8th, 1960, the house representative. Ah, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> slow wow. down there right. house of representatives special subcommittee on legislative <laughs> oversight opens hearings on disc jockey payola um and you know i'm as various other listeners to this uh might agree with me they no idea what that is so i took the I liberty do, i do oh you did did you before that yeah well because of these hearings um since i've been working in radio uh, there are actually statements that you have to sign to be able to be even hired in a radio kind of business. Oh, so really? So for ONU and for where I work at Alpha Media right now here in Lincoln, um, I had to sign things saying that I'm not going to do payola. And there's also another um, string of hearings called uh, uh, Plagola or something like that. So y- you'll talk a little bit about it more, but I'll tell you kind of how it works. Um, after you explain it so yeah so that's how i've heard about it okay you know what i didn't even think anything about that i didn't realize that there was any sort of uh uh anything you had to sign similar to similar to other professions where you'd have like a non-disclosure agreement and stuff like that i didn't realize that was something that you guys had to uh sign as well makes sense right right so, uh, during the hearing conducted by Congressman Orrin Harris and his powerful subcommittee on legislative oversight, fresh off its inquiry into quiz show rigging, <laughs> wow, um, <clears throat> uh, the term was sometimes used as a blanket reference to a range of corrupt practices in the radio and recording industries. Um, but specifically within the music business, Paola referred to uh, to a practice that was nearly as old as the industry itself, manufacturing a popular hit by paying for radio play. 
So, I mean, this is pretty much just when a production company wants a particular artist or more specifically a specific track um, to yep. be successful, be, you know, kind of like a, a number one, a hit, they'll just bombard uh, radio stations and disc jockeys with money, gifts, lavish trips and all that uh, kind of stuff to in order for them to play it more. Uh, hype it up a lot more to fans, maybe kind of inflate some numbers they might be talking about here and there um, as far right. as, you know, uh, rankings. So as the Paola hearings got underway in February 1960, the public was treated to tales of lavish disc jockey convention in Miami, bought and paid for by various record companies. So this would be some sort of basically a vacation bought and paid for uh, by record companies for disc jockeys in order to kind of uh, pretty much put them on payroll so that they can control them and do whatever they want. Exactly. Kind of like just a corrupt business where if you didn't have either the record companies or the money yourself to be able to put yourself ahead in the music industry, you're not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it is so serious that it is a packet that we have to sign and acknowledge that we're not doing any um, payola or plagola uh, and payola usually is the big one just because i mean it, it could come down to anything if you are you know hanging out with a recording artist or something and they give you gifts or something mm -hmm. it could be construed as you know something outside of that um kind of realm where you're safe so if you're seen doing that kind of thing and accepting gifts or something in the way of perhaps compensation you can get in some big trouble right and so i'm, I'm and sure even oh i'm sorry like no, even in the uh kind of disclosure you also have to say if you have ever received compensation in the past too mm -hmm. so not just into the future but in the past as well right and you know i'm sure in in today's society where it seems like everyone is looking to get somebody else in trouble um i mean something even as simple as going out and you know somebody paying for your a cup of coffee you know or going out to lunch and you know oh, then yeah. picking up the tab at lunch i mean if Anything like that, I mean, it could be totally misconstrued, you know, as a payoff or for payola. Exactly. And so exactly, I, it's crazy. I would imagine, you know, it's something I never really thought about, and so that's that's definitely something that you know someone in this industry has always have to keep in the back of their mind. Right. It's it's a it's a it's a fine line, especially depending on who you're around. So. Oh yeah. Um, uh, all right, February 9th, so this kind of answers our question from before. In 1964, the Beatles set new records for television ratings when they appear on The Ed Sullivan Show. There we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Two we, days after they arrived. Yeah, we were just talking about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, not really sure of the timing Duh. on that. <laughs> and was it like three days later? We put it in. Two days later. Yeah. We, we, thoroughly, we thoroughly research and analyze our show notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's... It's it's way too much work just to go to that next page and uh, kind of read through it. Way too much work. <laughs> February 11th, 1972, <laughs> David Bowie debuts his alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, at a concert in Tolworth, England. What a guy. I know. He's <laughs> what other person can you just like talk about an alter ego with and not yeah. even question it? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I love his music. I love his sound. He's just groundbreaking. I know. But then it's like <laughs> you hear Alter Ego and it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. And then, you know, you 
think about a friend at work. Oh, they have an alter ego. I'm like, what kind of weirdo has an alter ego, you know? Batman, right. Spider-Man, but then Superman. You hear it with David Bowie and it's like, oh, okay, what? whatever. Don't really think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like David Bowie. <laughs> February, February 13th of 1981, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon finishes 402 consecutive weeks, more than seven years on the Billboard charts. That's amazing. That just speaks that, numbers of the kind of music that was on that record. That record is amazing. Probably one of my favorites, for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's Dark Side of the Moon is what Pink Floyd is known for. Right. That you is know? Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, it. We. I think we talked uh, last show, show before last. Somehow we got on the topic of Dark Side of the Moon before, too, and I can't remember right. what the context was. Because it was I mean, like that's, the image of it. It it was it was like the cover art, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. The cover art's like everywhere. Oh yeah. I mean there's still shirts and posters and uh other companies have made spoofs off of it with their own logo. Um, right. I mean it just it won't die. It never goes away. And that's not a problem. <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. It's a cool cover art. <laughs> it's a nice it's a good album. Oh, great album. February fourteenth, nineteen fifty eight. On happy C- Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, not so happy Valentine's Day in this case. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, on, shit. On C- Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Language. <laughs> right. is, we are should rated we, G. Should, should we put that uh, explicit yeah. sign on it? Can we bleep that out? Let's go back and edit <laughs> that. Edit that out. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 on CBS television, Walter Cronkite reports that the Iranian government has banned rock and roll because it's against the concepts of Islam and also a hazard to health. The, the hazard to health really gets me. I know. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, against the concepts of Islam, you could, pr- depending on what rock and roll you're talking about, you can make an argument that it's against concepts of pretty much every religion. Right. Right. You know, any anything short of Scientology and other, you know, weird stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But um hazard to health. That one it does. That gets me. That cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> and who else but Walter Cronkite to deliver the to deliver the news. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> February February nineteenth of nineteen eighty Bon Scott, vocalist of ACDC, dies in London after choking on his own vomit. Wow. Yeah. That's a way to go out. Oh. Crazy. Yeah. 2003, I don't know what to say much about that. <laughs> I don't either. 2003 in West Warwick, Rhode Island, 99 people are killed when a fire destroys the nightclub, The Station. The fire started with sparks from a pyrotechnic display being used by Great White. Ty Longley, guitarist for Great White, is one of the victims in the fire. Man. Wow. You, oh man. 99 yeah, people. Hitting me, hitting, me, hitting me with the really bad day in music history. Oh, don't even do that. <laughs> I get all of the terrible stuff. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. It's it's so insane. I mean, even in 2003, I feel like you know I went I went to a concert last weekend, and they had biotechnic displays in the back, and it was interesting to watch because a lot of times I feel like yeah they have kind of creative say on how the biotechnic works, but 
I feel like somebody in charge of you know the band themselves is going to be like, well, if you have this, you have to stay here on the stage and you cannot move more than five inches from there. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah. when these pyrotechnics go off, you have to stay in these designated areas, or else you're you know hurt, riding a thin line of being injured. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there has to be some sort of safety director involved with all of this stuff, both on the part of the band who is you know putting together the show, and as well as part of the venue. Yeah, you know, true, I mean, true, true, true. And, and, and uh, the, the in this case, I mean, there obviously there was loss of life, um, in the band as well. But just the just the responsibility of the venue to keep this kind of thing in check. I mean, any uh, attendee of something like this is pretty much a direct under the direct responsibility of the arena or nightclub or whatever they're in right um and so they're there i just it's amazing how this kind of stuff happens i know i'm with you oh, it's Feb- awful but. Fe- february 22nd 1989 <laughs> jethro tull is selected over metallica to win the first hard rock uh slash metal grammy Ooh, what a punch in the gut. I mean, Metallica not to win that? That's insane. I know. <laughs> ben finds it funny. I love it. I know. That cracks me up. I mean, anybody else taking it over Metallica? Okay, whatever. It also seems, I don't know, it seems kind of funny that Jethro Tull is, you know, gets it over Metallica too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, right. <laughs> that, one just, that one just cracked me up. I know. Well, it's something that just should have never happened, but I know we didn't vote. (laughs) February 24th of 1969, Johnny Cash performs at San Quentin Prison, spawning the legendary Live at San Quentin album. I think we've talked about that not too long ago as well. Mm -hmm. Somebody performed it. I don't know. Was it Johnny Cash that we talked about? Yeah. No, it was Bruce Springsteen, wasn't it? I can't remember. No, we definitely did talk about Johnny Cash. Okay. Maybe we did. I don't know. It I know seems we talked about some sort of prison performing. Yeah, and that's really the only prison performance I can think of off the top of my head is Johnny Cash. Okay. All right. Never mind then. In 1969, <laughs> the Jimi Hendrix Experience plays its last British concert before breaking up. Man. Yeah, it seems 1969. It's, it's, that was that was rough for a lot of uh, 60s bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. It's just crazy to think that, you know, stuff like that is just like we're never going to be able to know or experience that. Right. And to to be able to have experienced that. And never remember and talk about it. The Jimi Hendrix experience. Right. Man. <laughs> February 25th, 1943, George Harrison of the Beatles is born. The quiet beetle. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was 21 when they performed on Ed Sullivan. Really? About to be 22. How old was everyone Wait. else? No, no, no. Was he the youngest? No, he was a I don't know. He might have been the youngest. Oh, okay. Are you looking it up? No, I was not looking it up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you fell silent so I thought you were Nope, I just didn't have anything to say. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> February 26th of 1932, Johnny Cash was born. 
Nice. Sweet. Rounding out the show, February 28th, uh, 1942, Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones is born. Nice. Fantastic. One of the longest running uh, bands of all time. The um, longest rolling bands of uh-oh. all time. <laughs> also on February 28th, and this one is fantastic. I was super excited about this one. 1984, Michael Jackson wins eight Grammy Awards for his album Thriller. Were he, you being sarcastic? or I was not, because I love Thriller. Oh, okay. Me yeah. too. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I like Michael Jackson quite a bit, especially his older stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I enjoy... Uh, Michael Jackson in general, but it, I mean, you can't beat Thriller, specifically the actual Thriller, including the music right. video. Right. Oh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I even liked him in the Jackson 5. Like, that stuff is groovy. Oh, it is. Yeah, I have no problem. I mean, he was he was an oddball goober down to the bone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, he could, you know, he could make music. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, so for a short month, a short episode, but that's all right. Yeah, holy cow. I just looked at the time. And, like, what the heck? We just flew through our show notes. I know. <laughs> Oops. We're just getting too good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining Young Nostalgia this week as we continue our journey. <coughs> <coughs> through retro pop culture (laughs) it was episode 59 this month in music history as always if you like the show please give us a five-star review and a kind few words down at the bottom you just hit that review button on apple podcasts write a few words we'd love to hear from you Um, or if you'd like to give us a special shout out or a idea for a future episode give us an email at young nostalgia uh, 2017 at gmail.com. You can find us on all your famous and favorite podcast distributors, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find your podcast. We'll be there. Thank you guys so much again for listening. It means a ton. And Ben, anything else, big guy? I did not choke on anything in the beginning. I was trying to be funny and then you didn't laugh and then I just kind of wrote it off. <laughs> but I actually did have to cough. So, uh, Okay, sorry. Sorry, I missed that one. It was over my head. That's all right. <laughs> I usually miss quite a bit of what you tell me anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. That was a fun show. Apologies again for being late. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much our MO at this point. Know, you know, pretty right? soon we're going to be bumping back the show to every Thursday. Then pretty soon it'll be we every might, Friday. No, we, might, we might as well just do it every other week or every other month by now. Every other year. <laughs> yeah, we'll put out one podcast a year. It'll be it'll yeah. be a 24-hour show, but it'll be once a year. Oh, that's great. That's actually a really good idea. If you want to do that this, like email youngnostalgia2017 <laughs> at gmail.com and tell us what year and what day of the year you'd like to hear from. Right. Um. I don't know. We got to be better about that. We're bums. <laughs> well, maybe maybe somebody shouldn't have a client meeting and doesn't get out until an hour and a half later. <laughs> hey, man, it's good for business. I know it is. I know. Your pretty little face really brings in the bucks. Somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll see you next week. <laughs>